every single video in this one, in this sequence, looks nothing like the previous. Whereas I think in the in the previous two sequences, you went back and forth with stylistic elements so that somebody could watch them and go, oh, I can see how these are a set of videos. This, I don't think you can do that. I, I couldn't do that. You experience something again and again, and you can't experience it the same way. So if you actually watch these a number of times, it's inherently going to change how you feel about the song, the record, all three of the records, all the other videos. Like, if you actually watch all of these videos multiple times, you start to get different perceptions of them than if you just watched a single one once. And maybe you want to talk about that a little, kind of the marriage of, of sound and vision and how it works in your work. Because I know this, I know, you know, we've said before that if this was something, doing videos for every song was something that came kind of out of, well, you talk about it. I think we're in an interesting moment because like I always draw back to Godard's idea of where they would they would go into a movie theater and they, at any point in time, and they would watch a little bit, and if they were bored, they would get up and leave. And now we're at this place where we're constantly overwhelmed with out-of-context snippets of video, where we're not, you know, and so our relation to the idea of snippets has changed, where in some regards we don't desire to go further and investigate and find out, but it also is reposition the context in the larger form to have a, a different sort of weight than when I think it was just expected that like a film would be so long or that the news would take so long or something like that. I personally really love the way that things can become starting points rather than endpoints when you maybe when you started the initial idea, all you were looking at was that singular endpoint. No, oh, that, that's a that's a really good point. Let me let me hover over it for a second. I'll go back to this video, just the first of the funerary sequence, and I'll think about what it was like in America in the late spring of 2015. Our, our goals for the project have morphed and transformed exactly like you said, but that morphing and transforming then morphs and transforms the work. Can you abstract a narrative image and tell a different story with it? 
If you follow the Hollywood model, the answer is usually a resounding no. But if you look at some of the things that you've done just for these films, you know, taking found footage out, you know, taking a nuclear test and cutting up, cutting it up in such a way that I had no idea that that was coming. You know, and it doesn't happen until the last, literally the last 15 seconds of a two and a half, three minute music video. You know, it's it's alluded to in merely the the kind of <clears throat> subtextual consideration of the other images you're seeing. Right. But it but you're not drawing a map. I don't like I've and I've never liked drawing people maps. So and I sometimes mean, that means I make bad movies. But I don't <laughs> like drawing. I don't like drawing this sort of clear line of I'm going to walk you through this like you're in grade school. So let, maybe we should talk about the second video. Like talk about abstract, abstracting images, or having an image and then and have an abstract image and then it, it even gets more and more abstract. Considering where the sound starts, that's the most, it's, it, it recognizes your narrative idea the most of probably anything that's made in this series. And, 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 and merely in the sense of water, the idea of drowning, um, things of this nature. And, and in part, I couldn't get away from it because, I mean, it starts with, it's the construction of water that's, that is this track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those tracks made out of water. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, in making it, it this, this was actually very similar to the fifth one of Vekigahara where if I th put more into it it seemed to fail like it seemed to thrive on a certain loop sensibility of more of a singular image or series of images that fed an idea but didn't take it so far to an end and so it, it you know it's built around the idea of basically water rushing over with faint glimpses of an end of a tunnel that then is sort of glitched. So you get certain digital artifacting that disrupts that moment every now and again. Very subtly, the idea of digital interface. So still holding on to sort of the narrative of Hikikomori, but bringing it into a very organic moment and really, I mean, it's it's not until the last nine seconds that you see anyone beyond your own. Suddenly you have this figure at the end of a tunnel. Well, that's the amazing thing about you know about this is is that it it's abstracted just enough that you don't really know what you're looking at you don't really quite understand you see some stuff 
that in, you know in the loop when the, as the loop plays. First of all, I didn't in, until just now. I didn't think of it as a loop, so it's a very. Well, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't want it to be felt like a loop, but it's it's you know it's it's a loop in the way that we've talked about loops in that it's it's working an image to a degree that focuses it on a on a certain idea but builds it doesn't simply just oh it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but it's it's maintaining the core of whatever that thing is yeah it's i mean it it, it really i mean it, it's it's it, it, but it's you know and and the with the digital glitching and, and and kind of taking things away from the eye you never lo- lose that point of view i still feel like it like exactly like you said that it's me looking at something even though i can't tell what i'm looking at and i know it's me and then yeah like you said you get to about 421 in the runtime of a you know the last not literally the last nine seconds, and suddenly you see everything that you've that you've se- that you wanted to see, and it immediately eradicates your point of view. There's something very brilliant and scary about that. If all I did was move the back end to the front, it would lose the rest of it. Like the rest would be too informed of an idea, and so it it thrives on the abstraction and sort of illusion of detail that then has this sort of wider lens open for the briefest of moments. Having this where, you know, it was part of a larger whole, but on its own, and so I had a certain element of development behind me. I think with these, it was almost a certain act of obliteration of the first two sets like work working working again within certain ideas but then working to really kind of break them apart I mean is a lot of that driven from do you just want to are you just you're just wanting to kind of one up yourself, or or, or, or impress no. impress yourself, or are you your, no, are you no, your audience? Uh, like, well, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm generally the one who watches these the most. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. I've never had any of the 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 sort of sportsmanship drive or something like that of oh this is great or this is better i've always had like there's a reason in my mind there's a reason that when you introduced me to maurice blanchot it was like oh that's what it looks like on paper feeling like this sort of excavation of something where I, I, you feel like you get faint glimmers of whatever is in your head, but then it's gone, and so you have to keep going further. It, it gets back to kind of what we've talked about of, of the materiality of it, that it's just, if I come across something that I'm making that I know too well, then it's not taking me to the place I want to go. And I don't know what that place is, I just know that it's not taking me there. 
that there's just there's things I want to see and things I want to build and I mean in terms of this podcast there's things I want to hear and, and discover of assemblages that when it feels too normative within my already done I, I kind of shrug at it and if I shrug at it and feel like I'm not that interested then by God it won't be interesting for someone else in my mind you put you put yourself in the place of an audience member, and, and uh, albeit an audience member that, that has impossibly high standards, probably more so than your average viewer, but yeah, that you, you, you kind of impose these things on yourself and say, you know, uh, if I'm not digging on it, I know that other people some people would argue that to be able to turn a four and a half minute to turn a single looping 10 second image into a four and a half minute abstract film is already reaching a particularly high standard of filmmaking and then but yet you want to go I, I can see the impulse where if you've already gone there, you're like, well, I, I've just got to go further. Well, and, and some of it really rides on not so much intellect as sort of just gut feeling like there's something in the identity of the piece that I haven't brought out yet and feeling like if I don't find it then I kill whatever was here before it even has a chance to live and I mean I've always I've always perceived the work that I involve myself in as more than just another video piece or more than just another musical piece and it's, it's why for me, I mean, when I was a kid, film and music saved me wholeheartedly. And so I have a deep reverence for what can be. And it's why it's always been difficult for me to play this game of PR campaign or something like that. It, you know, that feeling of a shrug is also in part because it's like I'm, I'm misplacing the identity that this piece is trying to have. Every piece in this in this series and then really in the series overall has its own identity and its own stylistic point of view or perspective i think it's very heightened in this last sequence i think it's very heightened yeah i think i think the there's a certain element of one's senses being over flooded to take the water term further like I think there's there is a certain thing and I think it's in part it's because it's feeding off of like for me the ideas of hikikomori have, have always been almost about sensory overload and so then bringing you know when I think about like if I've been working a lot in a sort of digital interface of either working in music or video or some combo of it and then I go outside everything is almost too much like there's too much light there's too much audio because everything's been so isolated and so i think 
in part these also all fed off of that of this sort of extensive stimulation of the outside world which is then compounded by it being in like you know the second film it's the outside world through digital glitch and so you 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 have the sort of you can't get away from the digital even even in going very organic oh yeah well i mean there's i mean that you can you can you can see the the correspondence with the song i mean that that song is the most organic thing on the record because there are no instruments on it other than water and a drum machine you can only go so far with organic and then suddenly you you see the digital kind of come back through so that's a that's a great that's a great correspondence between the music and the and the film that I think is just it's very it's legit I think throughout the themes that the that the albums are trying to uncover so let's talk about bees. Mm-hmm. 